Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Moments once again. Uh, my name is Rob, and I'm here with my dad, Gregory Dickow. And man What's himself, up, how are you feeling? Doing good. Yeah, doing great. Cool. Well, we're here for moments. This is um, this is where we build momentum right on. for our lives. Just, we take a few moments together to do that, and so um, we have everything we need. We've got a Bible, yep. our phone, yep. some coffee. That's it. Essentials. We got, it. We got essentials. This. Yeah. Simplicity, right? That's it. <laughs> the vibe, the simplicity. I think. Um, by the way, I, I want to say last week. Really great talk that you gave um, at Moments. So last week, if you missed it, um, definitely go back and, and watch. You can check that out on the YouTube channel or the podcast. You talked about... Ripping the roof. Yes. Ripping yes. the roof off our limitations. Love it. Ripping the roof off of our ceilings. Can't hear it enough. Yeah. And uh, I love especially what you said about... You did, you did, you did mention, uh, this wasn't necessarily your main point, but your, you were talking about your past and how your history does not determine your destiny. Yeah. And I thought that it's just, it's such a brilliant perspective. It's empowering. And um, I got a lot out of last week. So I wanna encourage everybody to check that out if you haven't already. And speaking of the podcast, I did wanna just mention, uh, if you listen to podcasts, subscribe to the Gregory Dickow podcast because uh, it's amazing and all the content that you do is on there. Nice. Um, so it's a great place to go if you're into audio, consuming audio like I am on your commutes or at the gym or whatever. Um, and also if you are on the podcast, I want to encourage you to rate and review it. Um, we get people that just like, you can give it a five-star rating, drop a comment or something. I did want to share somebody, uh, Love Cats said, cats with a K, so I don't know if it's, <laughs> they love cats, but they said, if you want a church where you will truly feel the love of God, this is the place. The pastor is so normal and relatable. <laughs> you feel comfortable while going through the process of transformation. Truly wow. happy and perfect people. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's awesome review. So if you, if you want to rate and review the podcast, we would love that. Love hearing from everyone. Um, I love this, though, because she said, or he said, they, they said... Uh, you feel comfortable while going through the process of transformation. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I haven't really thought about it like that, but that is really what we're about. Yeah. Like transformation doesn't need to be this kind of crazy, intense, like stressful, striving experience. It's, it's something really that's true. just like. I think the, the, I think one of the greatest truths that I've kind of found a way to put into words finally is, and it may sound strange to people, but it's Christianity and our relationship with God is an evolution. Mm. There's an evolutionary process to our growth and our, yeah. our, our holiness or whatever you want to call it, sanctification, people call it. Uh, but the, the whole concept of getting where we want to be, getting, you know, like to, to live out the Bible mm is impossible for anybody to do yeah. overnight, over one week, over one year. It is a evolutionary process. Yeah. And when you understand that God is a evolutionary God, I'm not saying we evolve from animals. I right. mean, an evolutionary process of change, evolutionary process of the unfolding of God's plan for our lives. It's one step at a time. It's one mm. uh, moment at a time. It's, it's one verse at a time. We can't master uh, the book of Romans 
until we at least master Romans chapter 10, verse 9, mm. and understand how to be saved. That if you confess yeah. with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That has to happen first before any process begins in our lives. I think we're, we're, we're not curious enough to read the, read the scriptures the way that they're meant to be read. And we're too judgmental of ourselves and other people, right? Yes. And that, that mm. is what's stopping a worldwide revival Yeah, is judgment, Christian judgment, Christians judging themselves continually and judging others continually. Wow. And unfortunately, judging others far more than they judge themselves. Not that we should condemn ourselves, but we should certainly be more introspective of ourselves rather than anybody else. Yeah. Right. Wow. But it's a process and you got to give people grace. And you got to give people room and you got to let people experience the unfolding of God's word. The mm. one translation in Psalm 119 says the the entrance of his word brings light. But another translation says the unfolding of his word brings light to yeah. unfold. Something is a process. Yeah. It's not yeah. a instantaneous. It's really good. Um, maybe we could talk about that for another quick minute because I didn't even, I didn't know, we, we didn't really have like a, a, to, a topic we plan on talking about tonight. We're kind of just gonna, gonna just chat. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, this morning I heard about this, I was, was reading this, this study that was done, the Barna Research Group, they're like a church research group. They did a study and I just, I wrote this down, so I just pulled it up. Um, they did a study a few years ago that said 62% of lapsed Christians said that the number one quality they look for in a person with whom to discuss faith is non-judgment. Hmm. And then only 34% said, they know any Christians who possess this quality. So that means 66% of us Christians have a reputation of being highly judgmental. Wow. And that's it not good. It doesn't surprise me. It's, yeah. it's sad, but it's not surprising because that's, I think, the, the reputation that yeah. Christians have created yeah. by, and I see it all the time on social media. I see it in churches. I see it in, in I've, I used to see way more of it in myself. Mm. My, my commitment mm. this year was to be, uh, at first I said, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be judgmental. And then I said, I, I, I'm going to be less judgmental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, your mother was like, okay, that's good. That's okay. <laughs> less judgmental. That's good. I think, I think that, gosh, humility is one of the most beautiful attributes mm. of Jesus, uh, that he was God, that he was the master of everything, the creator of everything. And he humbled himself to the point of being a baby, becoming a becoming a baby, becoming yeah. a child, not just he was already God, not just man. And he humbles himself not just to be a man, but he humbles himself as to be born as an infant and go through all that process, mm. all that mm. physical evolution. And then he takes our sins on the cross like that level of humility should inspire us to never judge another human being another day in our lives, really, yeah, because yeah. Jesus didn't come to judge. Jo Everybody knows John 3.16, although I don't think we know it as well as we should because it's so beautiful mm. and so it's the gospel in one verse. But a lot of people forget John 3.17. So 16, where people understand God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But then verse 17 says, for the son of God did not come into this world to judge the world, yeah. but he came to save it. He didn't come into this world mm. to condemn the world, but he came that it might be saved. So 
the, the whole missing ingredient of Christianity in today's modern culture is the ingredient of humility and non-judgmentalism. It doesn't mean that we condone things that are wrong, yeah. but we're not in a position to condemn. The Bible says, um, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master, this is in Romans 14, to his own master he will stand or fall, and stand he will, for the Lord will enable him to stand. So it's really powerful that, that Paul writes in Romans 14 that, that, that we don't have the right to judge somebody else because they, they belong to God. They're God's child. They're God's son or daughter. But even more so, he says, they're going to, to the Lord, the Lord is going to uh, enable them to stand or fall and stand. He will, he, he will because the Lord will enable him to, to stand. So the beauty of that is that we don't just, it doesn't just say not to judge the servant of another, but it also promises that God will keep somebody standing. Mm -hmm. As long as we trust him, yeah. he'll keep us standing. Yeah. Right. It's good. So it's really good. Powerful. Do, yeah. Do you think like uh, judging comes, do you think it for most people, it comes from a place of like insecurity? Like I judge, like is, I mean, I think it's probably different mo motives for a lot of different people, but I feel like that's probably a big one. Like judging people for what, for their actions or behaviors or whatever it is, like it kind of, you'd feel less bad about yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm trying to get into like, how, what, how do you go about judging less? What's like a, a tactic or thing that we can really like, cause it, it, it's, it's easy to say, well, don't be judgmental. And then I guess, how do we actually do that? And where does it, where does maybe that come from that we can kind of dig into for ourselves to be really truly become less judgmental uh, of others? I think, I, I think the, a couple things, first of all, is we judge others because we judge ourselves. Yeah. And so it really starts with ourself. Yeah. So we, we love, we love our neighbor as ourselves. So it has, that has to start with ourselves. And we should also not judge our neighbor by not judging ourselves. So if I, if I'm merciful to myself and I mm -hmm. am because only because and I now used to be very judgmental of myself and I used to be, and I'm probably still more critical of myself than anybody else is now, then anybody else yeah. is going to be criticize me. Yeah. You can find something wrong with me, but I can find even more wrong with me. And there's probably a balance there, which <laughs> yeah. we could talk about. Like, be, it's good to be to keep you know keep yourself accountable and like critique yourself and, yeah. and all that. So there's, I think there's, there's a balance, but keep going with that no, thought. Though. That's really I, good. I think you're right. And and but I'm gonna I'm gonna critique myself more than anybody else is. Right. And so, but I also realize God has been merciful to me, and. Yeah. Jesus said when this woman was, they were like, how can he, how, how come he doesn't know and realize this is a sinner? And he's letting her wash his feet with her tears and her hair. And doesn't he know what kind of unclean person that, mm. that she is? This was the self-righteous religious people, the, the Pharisees. And Jesus said and taught them at that moment, she's been forgiven much. Therefore, she loves much. You who have been forgiven little, therefore you love little. Yeah, yeah. So the whole place of humility and non-judgment is to realize how forgiven we are. That's great. When I 
wake up every day to the love of God and to the mercy of God. His mercy is new every morning. Why is his mercy new every morning? The Bible says, why is it new every morning? Because we need it every morning. Yeah. You know, yes. we, we even need it from the night that we just <laughs> we were asleep the last few hours right. and we still need mercy when we wake up. I mean, yeah. that should show yep. how uh, how pathetic our holiness is or how pathetic our efforts are to be pleasing to God when we're pleasing to God by accepting his mercy. We're mm. pleasing to God by accepting his grace. We're, we're pleasing to God by accepting his gifts. Yeah. That's what yeah. pleases him the most. And um, so I think this is why the root of judgment is we're judging ourselves, and we're not re reminding ourselves of how merciful God's been. Remember the guy who was forgiven of, you know, millions of dollars in Matthew chapter 18. Mm. He's forgiven of millions of dollars and the, the, he begs, you know, he begs for mercy and the guy gives it to him. And then then that guy who was forgiven goes and tries to collect a smaller debt. That's a fraction of the yeah. debt he was just <laughs> forgiven of. And he shows no mercy. And he what happened? He forgot. Yeah. He didn't focus on how much he had been forgiven and therefore he couldn't forgive somebody else. It's not that he wasn't forgiven. It's that he he didn't focus on it. And it's yeah. not that Christians yeah. aren't wow. forgiven already through the blood of Jesus. We all are. But it's that we don't we don't we're not we're not remembering that we're not mm. focusing on mm. that. We're not we're not we, we think that we're supposed to graduate from mercy and forgiveness to something greater. There is nothing greater. There's nothing greater than God's mercy. There's nothing greater than his grace. There's nothing greater than his love. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. That's that's where to live. Well, I, I love that you brought up the scripture on his mercies are new every morning because I think that's such a practical uh, way to start your day. Yeah. Um, just just waking up and realizing like this is a fresh start. Like yeah. God put this principle into the earth. Like we go to sleep every single night for a reason. We go to sleep like God could have made us we're just alive all the time, awake all the time. You know what I mean? Like we have a built-in rhythm. Every single day we go to sleep yeah. and every single day we wake up. And I think that's a really, like that's just encouraging me. Yeah. Like this is how to start your day is like re realize how much you've been forgiven of that it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a new start, it's a fresh start. I think that's brilliant. That's what empowers you to, to treat other people in the same way. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah, if you, the, 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 you who have been forgiven much. Mm-hmm. He, does, he doesn't tell us, you got to love more. He tells us he who's been forgiven much loves much. It's yeah. a, love is a reflex of a forgiven heart. Mm -hmm. Love is a reflex of a heart that appreciates the mercy that it's been given. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've been talking about simplicity. Mm. And anything that, I think one of the, one of the times that we've been talking, we talk about how anything that moves us away from, and I think it was on a Sunday morning, anything that moves us away from what Jesus did for us, anything that moves us away from a simple explanation of yeah. the cross yeah, that was good. and the grace of God and the goodness of God, and anything that moves us from something simple into something complicated where we have to figure it all out, is the Bible says that's from the devil because he said the, the, the serpent deceived Eve and I'm afraid that you guys will be led astray from the simplicity mm. 
led astray by the serpent, the deceiver, the devil, led astray from the simplicity of devotion to Jesus. And what makes devotion to Jesus so simple is that he's so devoted to us. Yeah, it's cool. That I'm devoted to him because he's so devoted to me. Mm. I can only respond with what I've been given. And I've been given a lot of love and mercy by God, as everybody has. But, I'm, yeah. but I've, made a, I've made a lifestyle of focusing on that love. Mm. My, I've chosen a lifestyle of focusing on mercy, focusing on God's love, focusing on God's grace. And that's probably because I need it so much and because yeah. that's the only thing that can heal and repair and restore broken lives. Yeah. It's great. So. so it's not something we have to do, but it is something we have to focus on. Right. Like we don't have to do the work. The work's already been done. But are we actually paying attention to the work that's been done? It's kind of like the presence of God. Yeah. Is, do we, yeah. is there something we can do to get God to show up? No. He's already up. He's already shown up. He's already with us. He already lives inside mm. of us. Mm. But our awareness of his presence mm. is what causes euphoria. Mm. It's what causes joy. It's what causes peace is the awareness yeah. of his presence that that God would live in in us that God would live in 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 me God lived in me from the day I got born again and my life was messed up and he lived in me then and he lived in me he lives in me now and I still got some areas that are messed up mm. and we're all we all have to embrace the idea that Christianity is a evolutionary process. We're born again in an instant, but we fulfill God's will over a process. And if I can say, this is why people are afraid to read the Bible. We were talking earlier about a friend of yours yeah. who said he were, they were afraid. to. Yeah. They actually are like in, afraid to read the Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. He came, came out of kind of a, a very, you know, religious uh, church, you know, those were very focused on, you know, if, if you've got sin in your life, like you have to ask God for that, for forgiveness for that every single time. You can't come to church if you've got sin in your life. You can't get baptized. You can't serve. Like it was very, it's very intense. And yeah. so, so the way that he, you know, and he, and he's, he's come out of that and he's growing out of that. But he was telling me how, you know, even just opening up the Bible is just scary to him because yeah. he, he's concerned he's going to see the things that he's doing wrong yeah. and, and he's going to feel like he, now he's not, you know, he's coming up short to, yeah. to God's, God's grace, God's forgiveness. Yeah. So many people yeah. are at that place. Yeah. They might not admit it as, as, as openly right. as he did right. to say, I'm afraid of reading the Bible. Um, but I've had those feelings mm. in my life because, but all of that goes away when I understand that everything in the Bible, first of all, it was written over, several thousand years and it was written in pieces. It wasn't never yeah. given as, okay, here's, here's how to live. Read this. It's not an instruction manual. I used to say that mm. it's not mm. an instruction manual because if it was, we would, we would just follow the steps from Genesis to revelation. It's not put together that way. Yeah. God in his, in his infinite wisdom, put it together in a way that it's not meant to be read from cover to cover. It's meant to be read and understood in seasons. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, we are in seasons of our life. And there are certain parts of the Bible that are most appropriate for, for certain seasons in our lives. Yeah. And yeah. then there are other parts of the Bible that are appropriate for other seasons. And then there's parts of the Bible that you could, you, there's no way you can 
execute those things in the Bible until you've matured and until you've mm -hmm. understood love better and until you've understood God's grace better. He didn't intend for us to just get the Bible and say, OK, everybody needs to do this. And wherever you fall short, start working on it. That is not at all the kind of relationship God wants to have with any of us. That would be like if you as you were a kid, if I just threw a book at you and said, here, you know, just follow this book and, you know, let me know if you ever if you ever need anything <laughs> like we raised you as day by day mm. and mm. let we let you be one year old. We let you be two year old. We let you like we didn't say That's you should cool. be 10 years old by now. It, right. You, you can't be 10 years old until you're 10 years old. Mm. You know, you can't mm. be mature until you're mature. Yeah. And you have to let that process take place and trust okay. the power of God's seeds of his word rooted in love. Love. The Bible is a love letter, but there are many places in it that will confuse you and conflict you if you don't. If you don't read it through the blood of Jesus and read it through the cross yeah. and what Jesus did yeah. for us, then everything can be understood through that lens. Without that lens, it's going to every bit of it is going to be misunderstood. Mm. Well, there's a lot more to this there's than so that. Much, but, but I love that. I love the, the process. Yeah. Being reminded of that. Yes. I mean, it, it may be it may be too cliche for some people, but trust the process. I think it's just a, such a good reminder. Like you are in, you know, we, we, we say a lot like it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like yeah. that's what we're in. And we need to be OK with that. Like we need to be OK not being at the place we feel like we're supposed to be at or we, we need to be here. Like I think being OK with just where we are now yeah. because God's sufficient. His grace is sufficient for everything that we're, that we're not yet. And he's working on us. And you talk a lot about that. Like God is at work in you yeah. right now. And so just knowing that where you're, where you are now is not, is maybe not where you want to be, but you say this all the time. Thank God it's not where you used to be. Yeah. And so I love, I love being reminded of that perspective Me too. And you know, I think it's really important for people to understand, um, when you when we grow physically, we we are we we don't teach our children to be happy when they're twenty. Mm. We teach them to be happy when where they're at right now. That's right. Good. That's really you, good. If you if you if you think, oh, I'm really going to be happy when I'm eighteen. I'm really going to be happy when mm. I have this. I'm really going to be happy when I'm. 30. I'm really going to be happy when I'm married. I'm really going to be happy when I have kids. I'm really going to be happy when this wow. really going to be happy when I have. And we we miss the whole concept of happiness that God wants us to be happy because we're loved. Mm. Uh, Victor Hugo, the great writer, um, said the supreme happiness in life is the assurance that you're loved. That is the supreme happiness in life. That is what everybody seeks. That is what everybody wants. That is what everybody's looking for. And the only way to truly experience that is from God to have this to have this in the moment relationship with God where I. Yeah, I'm not living out Ephesians six the way that I should. But it's OK because I'm first got to learn Ephesians one. Mm. You know, <laughs> I got to I got to understand it's who great. I am in Christ, it's really great. Yeah. which I. I let the you know, one of our members and our and our 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 friends and everybody watching to know we're going to get into this whole book of Ephesians. OK, soon. OK, yeah, and maybe sooner yeah. than later and uh, no, hopefully sooner it. than later. But because I love that, I believe that book explains the Christian life mm. in six chapters, but it really is a progressive book. Yeah. And it's important for people to understand the the first three chapters is all about who we are. Mm. 
yeah. in Christ and our identity and our destiny and all the focus is on what Jesus did for us. Then the, the last three chapters are all about how we live that out yeah. and how we execute and exercise what God's put in us, how we how we bring it out of us and how he brings it out of us. And yeah. so I'm not nobody is living Ephesians six fully the way they should mm -hmm. because most people aren't living Ephesians one the way they should right. really living in who I am in Christ and understanding I'm the righteousness of God. That's where it all begins. I really I really believe that that's where we're missing it is we're telling people when you get to this point, you'll be happy. When you get to that point, you'll be happy. And we need to be happy because we're loved mm. by God and because he's on our side and he's at work in us yeah. to bring about his purpose in our lives. Really great. Really great. Uh, do you want to talk at all about um, how to critique yourself without judging yourself? Because I feel like yeah. there is that balance. Like we, 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 talk, we talked about just for a second, like, because we don't want to stay the same way. We yeah. don't want to, you know, and, and we can't just stay stagnant. We can't just say, well, God's working on me, so I don't really need to do anything. Like, there is, we do need to, like, work on ourselves. But it's not a, a works thing where we got to earn our salvation of the grace of God and forgiveness yeah. of God. Like, that's taken care of. But we do believe in, in growing. And that's one yeah. of the reasons why we're here, because we, we want to be... Uh, we want to become disciples like Jesus called us to be. We want to, uh, you know, become the version, the best version of ourselves that God created us to be. So that's part of what we're doing here. Do you want to talk at all about how to critique yourself in a healthy way? Yeah. It doesn't turn to judgment. You know, yes, it's very simple. I mean, here's how I do it. Um, I used to, it used to be complicated for me, but I, it's, it, now it's easy. It's like, I'm so convinced that I'm the righteousness of God mm. because of Jesus. He became sin that I might become the righteousness of God. I'm so convinced that I'm the righteousness of God that I can take critique. I can take it from That's myself. Good. I can take it from others. Okay. It doesn't impact my sense of self-worth. It doesn't impact my identity. Yeah. It doesn't impact my relationship with God. It doesn't make me all of a sudden gasp and say, oh my goodness, this, they, they see this weakness in me. They, they, they're critiquing this. I'm imperfect. Like the, the idea of taking critique should start with it's a miracle that you're even alive yeah. <laughs> and to be able to take critique. So the fact that if you think like the shock of, of, of needing critique needs to wear off, like we need to realize yeah. we're imperfect people and we're never going to be perfect. So any critique that we're ever going to experience is simply confirmation mm. that we're not perfect yeah and it's confirmation that there's room to grow so i look at critique like that just affirms to me that i have room to grow and then how i approach growth is the next most important thing okay. about that and that is we're made by god as human soil like we're designed mm. by God. It's, it's not an accident that Adam and Eve were formed out of the dust of the ground, right. out of the earth, out of the soil, because we're meant to be developers of seed. We're meant to be people that are, we're meant to be a garden. Yeah. Like God, in the, in the first creation, God puts Adam and Eve in a garden 
But in the new creation, being born again, God puts a garden in us and our heart is a garden. So if we would realize that the fruit in our lives is based on the seeds that are planted in our lives, mm. then it would be like critiquing an orange tree like an orange tree is producing oranges because you planted orange seeds and yeah. it needs to be pruned. It needs to be protected from insects and all that. But yeah, the way you critique an orange tree is, is it producing oranges? And the way you critique yourself is, are you producing the fruit of the seeds that you want? Are you producing the fruit you want? And if you're not producing the fruit you want, plant different seeds. Right. Right. It's really so easy yeah. that if you plant everything in the Bible is written in seed form and everything Jesus taught is the kingdom of God is like a man that plants seed, plant seed, plant seed, plant seed, plant seed, smallest of all the seeds and it becomes a big like this is this is God's way yeah. is plant seeds, the right seeds in your heart, the right seeds with your mouth, the right seeds with your choices, the right seeds with your thoughts and you're you're going to grow. Yeah. You're going to grow. Yeah. It's always going to happen. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really great. Um, while we're on, I, I love everything you said, by the way. Yeah. And trust I, the power I, of the seed. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I, while we're on the topic of critique. Yeah. Can we, can we touch on some comments that have come in yeah. on your Instagram page? Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> because, yeah. This is fun. Because there's some, there's just such good stuff that comes in and by good, I mean ridiculous, but also there's also good stuff that comes in too. You know, I love everyone that joins in, in comments and like, you know, let's, let's us know how they're experiencing, you know, the, the content we love and, hearing. And most people. of people's comments are they're overwhelmingly they're amazing. Mostly great. Yeah, people are yeah. loving it. And, uh, <laughs> but I did want to just, you respond to some. You don't respond to a, a lot. Yeah, you, some, you, some people, you know. Some people really know how to, you know, yeah, get, yeah, get you. a response. Yeah. <laughs> but even even when you respond, you you always do it out of love. And I love this. I just wanted to I just wanted to mention and maybe just get a, a quick thought from you. But this person said, I, I don't know actually what the post was. I think it was a graphic or something about about your worth. They said that's pure heresy. Yeah. We are not worth it. The cross doesn't show how much God loves us. It shows how much God hates sin. Jesus died to satisfy the wrath of God. It's never about us. It's all about him. Uh, yeah. You said, uh, you responded, and this is what I love. You said, if you would use your passion to reach people with the gospel, as much as you use it to make angry religious comments, you could make a positive difference <laughs> in this world. God bless. <laughs> I love it. I love it because, and I texted you this when you said this, I texted you. I was like, I love that you corrected this person while also showing them their potential. Yeah. Because you said, I believe in that. You have passion. Use it to yeah. reach people with the gospel rather than critique and condemn every single thing that you don't fully agree with or you think is wrong and right. making, making religious comments. So, anyway, I, I got a kick out of that. But I love your response to that. You aren't phased when people say stuff. But you are gonna you are gonna call out where there's just there's just foolishness when and, I when I have when I can yeah yeah, yeah when I can because there's a lot of foolishness in the world is, yeah you, there's some of it you just not <laughs> not even worth responding to right but I just thought that was a really great uh, response from you yeah when I saw and, that comment because the, the the post that I that I made was all about how you are worth it all like yeah you have so you have so much worth that Jesus would die for you is the proof of your worth. Right, Why would he right. die for trash? Why would mm, he die for something mm. that, 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 isn't, that isn't valuable to him? He wouldn't. 
So it, it automatically reveals. So to even engage in an argument with him uh, or her or whoever that was yeah. that made that statement is, is beneath the gospel because right. it's, it's not even worth arguing because it's so obvious that you wouldn't, you wouldn't offer yourself for something you didn't value. Mm. So why would God offer yeah. himself for something that yeah. isn't valuable? It, it doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't, you wouldn't, God doesn't. And the fact that to say that when somebody says Jesus didn't die for our sins because he loved us, like, yes, that's exactly what he yes. did. That's yes. what the gospel yeah. is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's fun, though, sometimes yeah. to comment. But we have people need to understand that if you spend your energy, mm. I, I want to encourage people, on. spend your energy on, on. on really helping others become better. Spend your energy on reaching the world with the gospel. Spend your energy on things that build people up, not tear people down, because there's so much energy that people spend on politics and so much energy people spend on arguing their point, arguing vaccine or no vaccine, you know, yeah. arguing Republican or Democrat, mm. all these arguments that frankly don't change anybody, yep. don't change anybody's mind. They yep. don't, you just get your fan base, somebody gets their fan base and you have a divided, wow fan base or divided church or divided family. Instead, we need to have big arms mm. and short tongues, yeah. you know, like yeah. we need to talk less yep. and hug more mm. and love more and embrace more and have less opinion right. and have more love. And that's what I think will change this world. That's really great. Um, I, that's awesome. I, I would need to, I'm going to go back and listen to that again because that's really good. <laughs> But I, I, I know we got to wrap up, but I did want to also say, um, speaking of comments, well, that we've, okay, so you, we've started uh, adding content to your TikTok. You have TikTok now. Yeah, and so, nice. And it's, there's a, t there's it, actually, it's really great. The cool thing about TikTok is people make, uh, they duet. So you post a, you post a clip and then somebody does that clip like a side by side. So there's so many duets of you talking and really? people and people just like listen. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you because we we were looking at them the other day and and it's 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 funny, but it's really great. People are people are loving the content and um so there's a lot of there's a lot of comments there. I did, I want to just ask you this because this one came through. It's kind of kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about. Uh, I think you you have a good answer. You, we can just make this a really speed speed response. But okay. it was on a, a a clip you were talking about the the scripture that says um Jesus in the scripture in Matthew seven, I think where Jesus said, depart from me, you evil doer for I never knew you. And you were explaining what that really means. Cause a lot of people are, are concerned about that verse. or don't know how to interpret it. Um, you had a great response. So I would encourage you can touch on it if you want, but go follow Gregory Dickow on TikTok Cause yeah. there's really good stuff there. But good. somebody asked in the comments, if someone is saved by grace and doesn't read the Bible, attend church, produce fruit, spread the gospel, et cetera, are they really saved or are they false converts? I think we know the answer to this, but do you want to respond to this person who's asking like someone who's saved, but is not doing anything like what a Christian should be doing. Yeah. What do you say to that? Are they saved? And if they are, is what do you, what do you say to a person that is living that way? Yeah. Well, I, I say to people as quick as I can is salvation is a standalone gift from God. It, it stands alone. It's separate from anything you did before and anything you do after. It's separate from everything and anything that happens in this world or nothing that happens in this world. It is a standalone. It is finished. Jesus died for your sin. If you accept him, if you accept his sacrifice for your sin, you're saved. Now, 
Can you make a greater impact after mm. being saved? Yes. Can you help other people get saved? Yes. Can you contribute something to society with Christian fruit? Absolutely. Yeah. But none of that impacts your status of salvation. You're, we're saved by the grace of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are created in Christ for good works. We're not, we're not recreated in Christ by our good works. Right. We're recreated in Christ for good works. Mm. If somebody doesn't ever read the Bible, doesn't ever go to church, doesn't ever obey God in any way, does it ever do anything good in any way, does that affect their salvation? No, because that, if it did, then we would be saying, Jesus didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. then, it, then it really isn't finished. Then he shouldn't have said tetelestai on the cross. Right. He should have said tetelest. You know, and ended it there. You know, he said, "Tetelest die." You know, yeah. uh, so cool. there That's you go. Really good. I love that. Yeah, yeah. and then, it, the, yeah. what ahead. glorifies Jesus mm. is that he did it all. What, yeah. what honors God is that we believe that Jesus did it all. Yeah. Then, in believing that, it will lead us to the making better decisions in our life. But because you just made the greatest decision of your life when you mm -hmm. accepted. In fact, there's people right now that are watching. Yeah that maybe you haven't uh, made that decision to follow Jesus. And I'd like to you know, talk to you guys for a second. I want to encourage if you have never been absolutely sure of your salvation. Somebody said, can you be sure that you're saved? You as you can be as sure as the resurrection of Jesus. You can be that sure. Are you saved? Do you believe Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead? Then you can be absolutely sure no matter how many mistakes you make after, no matter how many mistakes you made before, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you're born again and you will forever be in heaven with God. And if you're not sure you have that gift, it's a free gift, by the way. Just pray with me right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, just pray that Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I'm a child of God. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. That prayer alone, that sentiment, that belief alone is all it takes to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. So congratulations. You just mm. made the greatest decision of your life. and. Yeah. Thanks for uh, creating a platform here, Robbie, that we could talk about this and yeah. invite people into the family of God, because God's all about family. Kingdom yeah. of God is all about family. Yep. It's all about being a part of God's big family. And speaking of family, our family is going to be gathering on Sunday, this Sunday, and we would love to see you and your family here in person uh, or online and our services uh, are happening normal service times and so our 1030 service has been in person that's been awesome if you are in the area definitely come out for that uh, you don't have to register anything just show up and uh, we'd love to have you but church has been great so excited for Sunday yeah and, and all uh, our online services yeah, as well absolutely continuing absolutely and uh, going strong so thank you guys cool. for staying connected well yeah thank you all for joining us tonight dad thanks for love always it, bringing it always helping us grow <laughs> become better versions of ourselves it's great. Excited for the future. Love it. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Love you guys.